0: Seven oh nine on a Wednesday. Boston, Massachusetts.
1: Hey Guys, I got some news. Some terrible news. We got a huge problem.
2: I feel like we could do a podcast, and it would be a million times better than whatever that drivel was we were listening to. What the hell is a podcast? <laughs>
0: listeners it's your editor ross just popping in to let you know that i was experiencing some technical difficulties during the recording of this so if i sound strange or there's a couple of internet breakups during the interview that's why but don't let that slow down or steer you away this is a really fun engaging interview with someone with a lot of interesting stories related to comedy and it goes beyond it's always sunny so enjoy the episode what is that the future of radio you jabronis
2: Hey yo, and welcome to the Always Sunny cast. This is usually the show where we watch Always Sunny one episode at a time, scene by scene, just to get to the heart of what makes it so gosh darn funny, but today is a bonus episode. And I'm your your co-host Eric, by the way. And I'm
0: your co-host Ross, by the way. I almost (laughs) forgot to say it. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. We're kind of weird. This is a loose episode. This is extra. Yeah, this is loose. We do
2: what we want. Uh, Ross, we got the very uh, great privilege to talk to Bill Cott, who played Gary, D's next-door neighbor, in "A uh, Mac is a Serial Killer.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, that was uh, pretty exciting. We got to talk a lot more about improv than we did the specific episode, but I think we had fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was interesting to learn some of the Always Sunny stuff, the ins and outs, uh, family-friendly set and stuff like that. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean there's not too many people in the world that can say they got attacked by Danny DeVito with a chainsaw. So to get to talk to one of them is... Hey,
2: that's a tease for... uh... That's a tease for our upcoming interview, and uh, but, but before we uh, before we uh, plug that in, Ross and I just want to talk a little up top, give some shout outs. We know our, our season finale just happened, and uh, we thought with this bonus episode, we'd give some uh, some long overdue shout outs. Yeah,
0: some listeners that kind of jumped on board the season, that kind of like reached out, and um, I just want to give a shout out to Tony, Sue, Christine, Melanie, Kildegard, I don't know if that's his real name. Okay. killed the guard I, I, killed the guard he killed the guy killed
2: the guard i mean he's from denmark okay that makes sense something's rotten there
0: yeah i'm gonna give a friend, uh, shout out to our friend uh emma as well for always uh for sticking with us and this guy on a face, uh face on our facebook group you know how we have we have a facebook group i didn't even know that. and i know i kind of neglect it and every once in a while <laughs> like i check it out yeah
2: i don't have a facebook i don't really i don't i don't f with facebook so i don't i don't know
0: yeah. Well, you have a you have a pseudo. I have a Facebook. fake.
2: I have a fake Facebook that I use only to communicate with our improv team through through Facebook yeah. Messenger. But That's right. But I don't actually. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to work one if I was in front of it though.
0: Yeah. Somehow this guy found us on um the Facebook. Uh, if if you're listening, his name is P P E on Facebook. Okay. You know. Follow us on Instagram. It's probably uh, gonna be a better experience for you if you follow us on
2: Instagram. Yeah, why don't you just put up on that face? Why don't you just put up on that Facebook follow thing to say, Instagram don't instead. even interact with us here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Redirect your attention to Instagram and or email. It's really the only yeah. way to get in touch with us. But
0: yeah, I just want to give a shout out to some of those listeners. They're always pretty vocal with
2: us and interacting. Yeah, nice. Uh and I wanna give a shout out as well. I wanna give a shout out to S Barstow Design. S B A R S T O W Design. Oh, Stephanie uh, Barstow? Yeah, you can oh, check I know her Stephanie out. Stephanie on... <laughs> You know Stephanie Barsto? I know Stephanie Barsto. Uh you can check her out on Instagram and Etsy. I ordered some of her amazing, always sunny stickers. She has like this like she 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 pulls like scenes that you would never like think anyone would make a sticker out of. It's like, it's very interesting, the stuff she pulls, and they're very good. And I ordered a couple of them, and she was so nice and threw in like a ton more. She gave me like just like a bunch of them.
0: uh, Did she know? Do you think she knew? Like, I'm not sure.
2: I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not sure if she listens or not, but everyone should go check that out and definitely pick up some of her stickers. They're high quality and they're huge, and they're, they're very, very good. Yeah, and, I, well she's not getting any of them, they're all for me. So just that's FMI. fine. That's fine.
0: No, that's that's okay. I've been eyeing them for a while and I usually do shout them out on the Instagram a lot. Uh, yeah. but I think we yeah, made up. one that you could not resist.
2: Which right, was the the, Frank the Frank's, Frank's little Beauties. <laughs> I had to get that. Yeah, I have to put that on my mic case. Yeah, that I was like, that is perfect. I got that. I got the Hugh Honey and Vic Vinegar. I got a bunch mm-hmm. of them. they were all they did, they're very good. So yeah. Shout out to her for sure. And we've showed them out like a million times. But Noice, Andrew Lopez, friends yep, of this Noice pod, and Andrew Lopez, friends of
0: the Def- uh, pod. They, Andrew actually sent us a, a a handful more than I showed you. Um, yeah, th-
2: yeah, very cool. Yeah, Fia- awesome fiance design. Katie, fiance Katie's excited about the Frank Baby Yoda. She's called it. She's <laughs> not allowing me to have it. So yeah, very cool. <laughs> it, yeah, it he, has a, he <laughs> It's already set aside. Cool. Yeah, very. Because you can check out Andrew Lopez. Uh, it's I underscore Drew D R E W underscore Lopez on Instagram. And doesn't
0: he have a podcast? You were talking about. That's right. About? He has a
2: podcast called You Break It Pod. So check that out. Yeah, they talk about anything and everything over there. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. It's kind of like a hodgepodge
2: pod. Yeah. A hodgepodge pod, a hodgepodge yeah, pod. sure. A hodgepodge pod.
0: That's cool. That's
2: fun. Uh, and also, I like give, uh, give a shout out to Bad Monster Toys, loyal uh, friend of the uh, pod. Loyal friend. Bad Monster Toys, go it. Did you see? Have you checked out his stuff lately?
0: He's got no, but my actually, I have. Yeah, I, that was a lie. I, I said no because <laughs> I wanted to talk more about Bad Monster Toys. Uh, I did see uh, in, in a, an arrangement. Yeah, and I have decided that I want to collect one of each main character oh, in like a fun form. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Like I already have a Dennis. Right. I think it'd be great to have a crazy Patty, Right. So I think that's my next. Yeah. But like a Spider-Man Frank or a Man-Spider Frank. Well, did
2: you see the, the, this is incredible too. I just recently watched this episode. The episode where uh Philadelphia, where Mac and Charlie yep. go to the sorority and they paint the themselves. The yeah. He has a glow in the dark painted up Mac. That is a great pull. That is a great, great pull. Yeah. yeah. That is a really cool one. And, and the, the game goes Jihad, the double pack of the game goes Jihad, is incredible. Uh,
0: that, I mean, that's like limited edition right <laughs> yeah,
2: there. very cool stuff. <laughs>
0: So what else uh you been kicking around in the new season? <laughs> I know you're usually late to the game on watching the new new season. Any thoughts, any feelings? Oh, no, I, yeah,
2: I watched it. I I'm loved talking. it. I watched it and loved it. Yeah, I know it was great. I've only watched it one time through. I got to do it again. Uh Fiancé Katie and I have been kind of like watching ahead a little bit. We're like on, we've been like we'll watch the episode that we're going to do you and I and then we'll just keep watching like the, so we're on whatever couple, you feel like. Yeah, yeah, we're a couple seasons ahead. Uh we just watched uh Reynolds versus Reynolds the serial defense.
0: That's one of my personal I, I told like you that. My number 2.
2: I told you that. So this is one of Ross's it's a top 5 episode for sure. It is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh but other than that, no. I'm in, we how's your uh, break from uh, our season finale even though it happened like last week? Pretty
0: good. I'm retreating right back to the mountains.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm retreating deep underground.
0: Oh, you're going underground this time.
2: Yeah, I go deep, deep underground with the mold. I mean, if
0: you want to be safe, you gotta go remote.
2: You gotta go. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you gotta. Um, is that enough rambling from us? Should we po- pop it over to the interview? Yeah. Um. You have anything else guess- you want to bring up? Uh, I guess we should say
0: if anyone knows anyone that has any involvement with the Always Sunny that wants that would be willing to talk to us.
2: And when we say any involvement, we see we mean any involvement. If you walked uh, by the set that was filming one day or something, if <laughs> I mean any involvement whatsoever, we want to talk to catering, you. Craft yeah, services,
0: exactly.
2: yeah, anything. <laughs> Yeah, we want to talk. We want to know everything there is to know about the set, about the atmosphere, about the everything. So, yeah. yeah. If anybody knows Rob McElhenney, please put him in touch with us. We'd love to interview him. Yeah, give him
0: my card. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a card. You want to? <laughs> and then you can give to him.
2: What up? We're two podcasters. hosts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think we should, um, I don't know. How would you feel about going in on getting a pin made or like a sticker, an yeah, like pin? an official sticker or something like that?
2: Yeah. If you do all the work and all I have to do is pay for half of it, I'm in.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm on the, <laughs> I'm, I got a guy. I'm already on the phone. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay good good yeah i'm in then yeah for sure
0: okay cool all right um without further ado here is our interview with bill
2: caught enjoy and join us on the podcast is our very very special guest bill caught bill thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your day to uh chat with us
1: yeah well it was a pandemic i had nothing else going on so you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> you and i both you and i both for sure uh, and of course you, of course you played Gary on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Gary D's roommate. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool. That's very fun. H- how does something? How do you get something like that? Get a role? How do you get that? We're 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 not we're not uh, in the know.
1: This is my favorite story of any show I've ever booked as to how I got it. All right. Oh, Actually, my second awesome. favorite. My first favorite is my story of how I got on Saturday Night Live doing the cartoons. But, we're, okay, gonna so to, we're gonna have to hear that
2: too, then. That's a good setup. We're gonna have right. to hear that too.
1: <laughs> so uh, I had lived in Los Angeles for about uh, ten years, and my uh, wife at the time hated it in L.A. So we moved back to St. Louis. We bought a house there, and I had an agreement with my uh, with my agent, my manager, that I would come out for pilot season, and that I would submit myself on tape if anything came along for the right thing. Well. Uh, back then, a lot fewer people submitted online, so I wasn't in the running for that many projects, so I, I really, really had to be out here for pilot season in Los Angeles. So I drove all the way out to L.A., where I live again now, and went for only a couple auditions. It was a really slow pilot season, and and then I auditioned for the episode of Mac is a Serial Killer for It's Always Sunny. And I... I go on a lot of auditions as a character actor. You know, I'm always that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm the person that people remember their name and maybe not always remember my face, but when they see me, they're like, Oh yeah, that guy. So I go in for a lot of those uh, spots and this was another one I thought, and you never hear back. You just go in, boom, 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 boom. You do a lot of them. And then you're lucky when you book a few a year. So I went in for that and I didn't hear anything. I waited an extra day. And so I drove all the way back to Missouri because when I came out, when I would come out for those pilot seasons, I wouldn't want to pay to rent a car. So I would drive all the way across the country and make that two-day investment of my time so that I could save a bunch of money once I got out here. Sure. So I am about six hours away from St. Louis at that point, driving across country. You know, I've been driving through desert day and night for two days straight. <laughs> I'm not making the trip with anybody. I'm doing this all alone. I get a call from my manager saying, congratulations. And I was like, what? <laughs> you booked It's Always Sunny. And so I drove the extra six uh, six hours. Uh, what was it? Yeah, extra six hours or so back home, saw my wife and told her, hey, good news and bad news. I'm back home. <laughs> but I booked an episode of It's Always Sunny. I get to be a serial killer. And I got to drive all the way back because yeah. I kind of. Flown a ticket, but then all of a sudden, last-minute tickets. It would have been through the roof. Yeah, so of I drove all the way back, and it was my friend's girlfriend's birthday. So I could have taken three or four days to get back, but I tried to do it in two so I could back for oof. that birthday party. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, I got to make
1: uh, it back for the birthday. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then I and I shot the episode. You know, I um uh, I wasn't expecting to to pick up that job. It, it it came my way, and it was just an extra blessing that at a time when I wasn't working that much out in Hollywood that I was able to dip my toes in and actually book something. And then, of course, after I got Wizards of Waverly Place, I realized it made more sense for me to live back here in Los Angeles. So I moved back here. Um, the wife decided not to come back with me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how aware were you of Always Sunny? Were you a fan? Was that something like uh, you knew about?
1: You know what? My sister is a big fan of the show. I don't watch a lot of television. I don't even watch a lot of movies lately. But uh, I I, kind of sink into my own world. But um, yeah, I hadn't watched it but more than one or two times uh, before doing the show. And so I I wasn't as familiar as (laughs) a lot of actors are when they step onto a project. So it was really a pleasure to meet everybody and get to know the show as I was getting to know the actors as well.
2: Okay, yeah, because it's a wild show. If sometimes if you're not expecting it, it's it's a it can be wild. I think. Yes. <laughs> so I learned. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the uh, what was the atmosphere on the set like? Is it like a um, very sort of actor friendly, or are you sticking to the script? What what's going on there?
1: Um, I wasn't encouraged to improvise a lot. You know, I've got a background in improvisation, and when 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 I'm encouraged to, I do. But in that particular episode. I I did not. Okay. I kind of did my thing and, you know.
2: Yeah. How, how um, much, how, how much is, is there improv improv happening on set though? Are you doing a bunch of takes and just taking what works or is it pretty tight?
1: Well, I was, but I was sticking straight to the script. Uh, you know, the leads were kind of, you know, they were doing their own thing. At the time, uh, uh, Mary uh, had broken her leg or something. So she was moving oh, yeah. around. Uh, on on uh, crutches yeah, and yeah. You know, trying cool. to hold, trying to like you know not show that in the takes. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so that's cool. Uh, Ross, you have any questions?
0: Um, uh, did you uh, you worked with Jerry Levine and he's known for um, uh, directing some of the uh, season three, some season two maybe. Um, did you get any direction from him specifically?
1: Um he said to underplay, you know, not come off as creepy, just come off as like who I am because that's what you're looking for in a serial killer, the kind of like unassuming, oh, that's that guy is a serial killer sort of a thing. So I couldn't really tip my hat early on, so he wanted me to play it kind of close to the chest. It was great working with him because like I knew him as an actor growing up in the 80s. I had seen him in a yeah. lot of my favorite films. So I mm-hmm. was a little bit more so intimidated than I was with a lot of directors that I've worked with, you know. I've I've worked with um, you know, uh Barry Blaustein uh on the movie The Ringer and he was a really nice guy and I had no although I had loved a lot of stuff that he had worked on, I didn't recognize his face from those things. So I there wasn't that level of, oh, he's telling me what to do. And you know, I worked with the uh, the Cohen brothers too, uh on a commercial and uh the direction that I got from them was, Hey, can you hold it up a half an inch higher? You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey crucial <laughs> so and, and, and though at the same time i cherished that i got a little bit of direction for them but uh yeah, jerry was just like you know play it close to the chest um uh not not a lot of he, was, he wasn't like you know holding holding the reins and and pulling me in at all uh, at the same time he wasn't encouraging me to go over the top because right. when you're a guest star on a show like that it's not your job to go over the top you're trying to service everybody else's performances
0: yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, that's the way to play it. Um, uh you touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, when they were casting, were they looking for a certain type? I mean, did you see other people in like uh like the audition space? Um, did they all look similar to you, or was I, this like just anybody and everybody? They were kind of like picking from a I bond. I
2: think they
1: were looking like you know across the whole uh, spectrum. I remember there was like. Definitely a more handsome guy than I was, an African American actor, Um, and I I think we were were the only two in the office at the time when I read for the role. So um, I had their eye on you. I I, I, obviously looking at him and looking at me, they could they could have gone uh, handsome. Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, no! They could (laughs) say that.
1: Bald, and I think they made the right decision uh i i go in for believe it or not you know i i look like a you know a nice guy and whatever but i, I often go in for serial killers <laughs> uh pedos, oh, wow. you know I, I go in they bring me in for a lot of sickos for some reason i yeah. guess it's because i i look like i could play either side of that
2: yeah sure yeah, yeah. right yeah uh, at the end of the episode, you come in and you, you stumble on them in your apartment, and Frank revs the chainsaw. Now, did Frank
1: <laughs> kill you? Do we know what happens after <laughs> <up> Are <laughs> <of>? you dead? <laughs> Here was the interesting thing. I was so, you know, I, I don't really get starstruck with a lot of performers, but with Danny DeVito, I, I, plus the fact that, you know, he and, and Rhea were still together at the time, and their kids were on set, because it was a really family friendly set, too. Oh, um, oh, wow. But, I, you know, I so I didn't introduce myself to him. I was very shy. I was very, you know, unassuming. And so we had done two takes where he's coming at me with the chainsaw. <laughs> and then they're, you know, okay. Uh, turning around. And then they started, you know, setting up the new lights. And he walks up to yeah. me. Danny. He put a hand out. <laughs> that's
0: oh awesome. My God. I'm a huge yeah, fan. That's awesome. And
1: then I couldn't think of anything else to say. But yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, he was coming at me. It wasn't just sound effects. It was a real chainsaw with the chain taken out like they do <laughs> in, in, um, haunted In houses like that yeah. so
2: it <laughs> that was a little
1: rattling weird. to have this you know this actor that i had looked up to and now i was physically looking down on uh <laughs> with coming <laughs> after me with the chainsaw
2: yeah you you might be the only person who can say that danny Vito charged at you with a chainsaw you have that
1: distinguished
2: <laughs> uh credit that, that that's awesome yeah, yeah you mentioned it earlier too you
1: were you were on saturday night live you had, you had you did some stuff for saturday night live as well yeah we did these cartoons on the dana carvey show which was a very short-lived sketch comedy show with dana sure, carvey yeah steve, Carell, steve colbert mm-hmm. myself heather morgan robert smigel john glazer and um so we started doing those cartoons on the dana carvey show and then they got picked up on saturday night live and here's my, my, my second favorite story uh, about how I got on Saturday Night Live. The year before that – no, two years before that, I had auditioned for Saturday Night Live, and I did my impression of Jackie Gleason taking a difficult crap. And the, you can <laughs> okay. hear the whole story about it. There's a documentary about the show on Hulu right now Okay. called Too Funny to Fail. And I, t- oh. I tell the story in there probably with a little more detail. So I do that impression. And it, it causes my audition to tank because apparently Lorne Michaels does not like potty humor <laughs> uh, or 1950s-era impressions. I guess and so, so. I didn't get it, so I'm auditioning for Dana Carvey, and Robert Smigel says, hey, could you please do your impression of Jackie Gleason taking a difficult crap? And I said, no, that's what – they were actually <laughs> laughing at my audition uh, at SNL until I did that. And then that tanked it, and he said, as a favor for me, I was laughing at it so hard in the next room. Uh, and you couldn't hear that, but I was laughing at it, A, because I thought it was really funny and B, because I knew Lauren was hating it. <laughs> Dana will understand why I asked you to do it. So I did it. They laughed. They loved it. I was one of the first people hired for the Dana Carvey show. Awesome. And so, uh, so we started doing these cartoons. We did one, uh, ambiguously gay duo cartoon and it was the first thing I recorded for the entire show. And we got canceled six weeks later. Yeah. And a lot of my friends had just gotten hired for SNL, and I was really excited for them uh, because I knew them from Second City back in Chicago, and Mm -hmm. like Dave Kettner, Nancy Walls, Mm -hmm. people like that. And I'm looking forward to that beginning of that season. And I go up to get my popcorn uh, for my first uh, commercial break, which is what I always do since I was a kid. And then I hear my own voice. It's the ambiguously gay duo. And I'm like, oh, "Oh." I just made Saturday Night oh, They didn't That's tell so us about awesome. it. They didn't tell us it was being used. Yeah. They didn't ask for new contracts or anything. Uh, and that was the first one that I did, was a re record uh, of the original one that I did. And then uh, for the next five or six years, we did a lot of ambiguously gay duo and uh, ex presidents cartoons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, Colbert and Carell as well, which was great because I, I I, did Second City in Chicago and. Uh, Stephen Colbert was my first improv teacher.
2: Wow!
1: So, these were the guys that I learned from, and I was able to work with them. Wow! That yeah, was, that was an That's amazing so awesome. treasure. Yeah, early in my career.
2: Well, we, since you brought it up already, Ross and I are also improvisers. We improv, we improvise here in Boston. Uh, our That's typical right. theater is Improv Boston, but we do wherever. Uh-huh. Um We've been doing it for a few years now. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk improv then. Let's talk let's improv. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, uh, would it
0: be cool if we did, like, um, uh, there's a way we like to, like, kind of, like, talk about <laughs> on that is in the show and uh, bring up improv terms to kind of, like, give a context of what's happening, like, in a comedic sense. Yeah, so when we, we do break, yeah, some
2: terms? When we're, when we're breaking down the show, we like to break it down in terms of how an improv scene should look and, like, the things you should do in improv scenes where, like, because the show is very game heavy, it's very like it, it, it looks like a perfect improv set looks like a looks like a scene of Always Sunny, so it's sort of like we kind of break down through that that lens, and uh-huh. we're always struggling with terms. We're always struggling with how to like explain things. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we always try to, like, uh, define for the for our listeners, like, just to give them a little bit of info, but we always butcher the definition. <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, to a degree, that is embarrassing. Uh, yeah. um, it
1: shouldn't be. Improv's all about the mistakes, right? That's true. That I is guess you're right.
0: so. All right, then we're <laughs> doing better it. than we thought.
1: <laughs> so keep on making mistakes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you can give us um, maybe uh, a better definition for some of the words that we've used on the show. Um, beginning probably with game.
1: Uh, with game, now here's the thing. Uh, so many people get wrapped up in the concept of game and think that you have to be completely obedient to the game of a scene, but if we if we talk about the concept of a game, it's just any pattern that repeats. Right. Um, sure. And then most, most patterns in comedy follow the rule of threes, which is initiation repetition and then derivation so initiation something that happens and that could be anything and then if you decide that had an impact you repeat it so right. you come back to that idea you explore it from a different angle but definitely we've already seen it in action so if we know for example that a character always freaks out when uh when you mention cheese then you know you're going to bring cheese <laughs> again to that character I use cheese because it's the worst example of a suggestion (laughs) that people ever give in improvisation. Anyway, and then your derivation is the rule of threes. Now, how do you change it? How do you change up? Maybe now they fall in love with the cheese, or maybe now the cheese is fatal to them. But it has to change in some way. And so that's, I think, when people talk about game, what they're talking about. But game can be emotion. Like Steve Carell, you watch him, and everything that he does, his game is emotion. He'll ratchet the emotion up. Take it to the next level. Take it to the next level, and then the scene uh, affects a change when he reaches the very zenith of that emotion, and then he begins right. a new emotion, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. starts yeah. building on that. So I, I think that's the best, the best definition for a game that I can give you on the spot.
2: Totally,
0: I mean, that was better I, than how we did it.
2: I totally
1: agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I basically just break it down as whatever is funny about the scene. Yeah, <laughs> basically what the game is.
1: Whatever yeah. is funny
2: about it.
0: Yep. Um, uh, care for another? What's that? Uh, care for another?
1: I always care for another. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we tried to define group game recently, and we kind of ruined that.
1: <laughs> uh, I think everybody does because they try to make it into a game, and most group, group games are just a group scene. It's a scene yeah. with a bunch of people. And so every character has their own game.
2: Right. So there's yeah, the interrupter.
1: Yeah. And and any group game could be like uh, an office gathering, a group of people who are camping together. And, of course, there are set games that you could play. One of them, the simplest one, is called the machine. And and I think that's the best example for beginning improvisers is one person just does a repetitive action, and the other person has a repetitive action, allows that repetitive action to have an effect on them. And then somebody else can either be affected by one of those actions or have the first action that happened be a result of an action that they do. And so it's just a bunch of physicalization, and then once everybody has been uh, a part of it, that's the end of your game. Well, I, I like that.
2: I don't think we've ever done that. We've never done that here. We don't, uh, The shit is not a thing I don't think we're taught. Here if in you
1: guys are interested, I have an improv school. I teach <laughs> yeah. four-week classes online. We're just about to do a whole new round of classes. It's trick.com. I teach a four-week class in-game. So, oh, nice. if you want to explore that from a couple different more angles, I'd be happy to do that. I'll give you guys a discount.
2: Yes. Now, is
1: this, uh, <laughs> that sound?
0: Is this uh, LA? Uh, I know you're doing classes online now, but is this LA based or? Uh, it's it's LA based,
1: based, but right now I'm doing it internationally. I've got students from China, I've got Ooh. students uh, in America, all over East Coast, West Coast. Uh, time zones are our only challenge.
2: Uh, let's talk about this because this is interesting. <laughs> now, when when the yeah, shut when the shutdown happened, our, uh, I have, this. W- when the shutdown has happened, I, we have not improvised since. Like I haven't improvised a second in in <laughs> months. So, how is how is it through the computer? Is it must be different? Like how is teaching through
1: the computer? Teaching through the computer is a lot different, uh, which is why you need to have smaller classes, because. If you put people in gallery view, I'm assuming everybody's doing zoom and you guys might do Skype or whatever, but through zoom, you, you have, you can really see people's faces and really understand what's going on with about nine, nine participants. So you need about eight students. If you have any more than eight, then you're going to have to scroll to make sure that people are paying attention. Uh, when you're a teacher, you're looking around for understanding for comprehension so you're looking at them and when you see somebody staring off or with a pained expression on their face, you can ask them if you made yourself clear. Sometimes that pained expression is, you know, they've got indigestion or <laughs> they're going through a divorce <laughs> or whatever, and you don't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. so, so if, if you well, definitely have smaller sizes, you, you, you've got a technological challenge because there's a lag. So there's some, th- some exercises that you can't do. One of my favorite beginning exercises is word at a time story. Mm -hmm. But there's such a problem with the lag that there's that hesitation that if I was calling it out in a class, I would say, okay, now there's a little bit of doubt. Let's talk about why that doubt is existing. Right. But when it's online, I'm not sure whether that's doubt or whether that's their connection. So so you just have to have a a little bit more conversations about that. The blessing is, at least the way I teach it, I tell people to turn their mics off unless they're a participant in the scene.
2: Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And so the blessing is people are not playing to the laughs. You're talking really about the game. Sometimes people become obedient to the game because they see that it's producing laughs. And that might take you out of the moment and take you out of what the scene is really about, what the wants of the other character is versus your game and your wants versus the other character's game. So it kind of allows you to step apart from game, still be observant of game, but still, be a part of the process and stay in the moment. Which too often, people, even even with a class of improvisers who should know better, they're playing yeah. with their audience.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's interesting. Right. I'm guilty yeah, of that all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think people are going to be. You're, you're going to see a lot of people. People who begin improvising via Zoom are going to be tend to be better improvisers in huh. the future.
2: Yeah, yeah. That is it. That is uh, a. Yeah, that I is think interesting. You're right. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's good. That's good. To uh, be speaking able to of, keep, uh, keep going. improv. Oh, go ahead, Ross. Oh,
0: there. no. Did you have the thing?
2: No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to, uh,
0: uh, put up your, uh, best award. Uh, you, it seems like you got a, uh, best improv coach award from N I N N Y. Uh,
1: yeah. The uh, In- any award. Yeah. In- International, uh, uh, improv association. They started up, a. uh, a network of people back in must have been about, I think it was around the time that I moved back to St. Louis around 2006 or so. And um, I just joined it because it was a place to promote classes because I I was looking for new ways to promote classes in a market that wasn't full of actors necessarily. Sure. And so I joined that. And then uh, a friend of mine who was a student from New Jersey was studying with, or no, Long Island. I'm sorry. Was studying uh, with me out in Los Angeles, said, uh, "Hey, uh, I put your name in for this thing." I was like, "Okay." And then, you know, I asked people that knew me and had taken classes with me to please, you know, please vote for me because I'd been nominated for this. And I was nominated with some of the some people that I consider some of the best improv coaches and teachers on the planet. Some people who had coached (laughs) taught me back in my early days, like Michael Gelman and. Uh, Jeff Michowski and, you know, guys who were like Stephen Colbert's improv teachers. Oh, so, wow.
2: That's,
0: that's uh, what an honor, though. That's so that's cool, a, though. That's a, that's yeah. A, that's a cool honor. It's awesome. Good for you, man. That's
1: awesome. It was. It it, it felt good to get some validation because uh, sometimes when you start your own improv school or do your own classes, you kind of are in a little bubble and you don't know how connected you might be to the rest of the improv world. And I still feel disconnected in some ways. <clears throat> Uh, from like Improv Olympic, which doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> right. Io.
0: All right. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, and like I-, I had done like a lot of the early shows uh, at uh, UCB when it started out in New York. That was mm-hmm. right after I was like basically unemployed from the Dana Carvey show, and all I had was a bank account and an apartment in New York. Yeah. So they would ask <laughs> me to do sets with them, and I even understudied a couple shows for uh, Matt Walsh when he was out of town.
2: Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. UCB another, another UCB closed, too, in New York. Another yeah. RIP. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, is. Uh, wa- yeah, Ross and I were lucky enough to make it out there for the Del Close Marathon. Uh, the last year it was there. But mm-hmm. then after that, yeah, it's it's gone. It's crazy. I'm glad we made it before it shut down.
1: Well, did, they shut <laughs> yeah. down all the, did they shut down all the New York locations? Uh, yeah. yeah it's I no thought it was just way. one of them because I knew they had one or two or two I, or three at one point.
2: I'm pretty sure it's just an LA thing now. Yeah.
1: Oh. And they still still have two spaces out here in Los Angeles.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up and ask about you being the official Fred Mertz. Yes. Is this, am I? <laughs> is this correct? You are the official.
1: <laughs> I am this so, official Fred Mertz. Uh, did well, you keep Fred? So you became
0: Fred, or how does this work? <laughs>
1: here's how it started i i auditioned for a musical called i love lucy live on stage which was a live stage version of two i love lucy episodes Hmm. and it was like an immersive theater thing because the audience would enter and they would pretend as though they were sitting in the studio in
2: 1955. Oh, it's so awesome! Yeah, and so
1: you had people dressed in 1950s gear. Some people would dress and come to the show and watch it, uh, uh-huh. but we had like a cast of actors who would be like plants in the audience, and mm-hmm. then audience members would be asked to come on stage and play Lucy trivia. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Tracy played the stage manager and announcer, and that guy has like an encyclopedic knowledge of the 40s and 50s, and probably a lot of a lot of other you know mid-century fashions and everything John in between there. <laughs> so he would he would totally immerse people and make them feel as if they were in the fifties and refer to them as if they knew all the politicians and other <laughs> other
2: culture <popular laughs> references at
1: the time and people would just stand there with their jaws open. Very good. Uh, yeah. so anyway, uh I, I got cast as the Fred Mertz in that. And it didn't really take it off make it off the ground after our first attempt. We did like a a production of it in Las Vegas for backers and they enjoyed it, but we didn't know where we were going to go with it from there. And then uh, a different Lucy, Serena Irwin was was our Lucy, and uh, Diane Vincent, who is an amazing performer, cabaret performer, singer, and Lucy impressionist, and a lot of other impressions too, I'm sure. She is the official Lucy of Universal Studios in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. And so... She every year travels to Jamestown, New York, which is the hometown of Lucille Ball, right. and does a review. And she she would often do it with with uh, with a, a Ricky and a an Ethel, but they had never done it with a Fred. And for Lucy's hundredth birthday, they decided they wanted to have the whole cast out there. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so I was, you know, in the modern era, I was the official Fred Mertz of, uh, <laughs> of the production. I love Lucy live on stage, which, which wind up wound up running for, uh, I think about eight months out here in Los Angeles at the Greenway court. And I, and I won a Broadway world award for best oh. supporting actor and a musical. Nice. Um, but That's the, no the thing that means the most to me is Jamestown because the most amazing fans in the world. And realize, you know, Lucille Ball was instrumental in Star Trek getting made. Oh, yeah, I have heard, I've heard production. that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. everybody knows about Trekkie conventions, but I love Lucy. They take over an entire town. <laughs> and before there were tra- Star Trek conventions, there was this Lucy convention. And people yeah. go to the museum and they go to her, 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 uh, the, her childhood home and there's statues of her there. There's a grape stomping festival and uh, <laughs> you, you can package the the chocolates and everything. Yeah. And so, you know, you, to, to do that festival, you have to have the kind of stamp of approval yeah. of, uh, of uh, uh, Lucy Arnaz, uh, uh, her, her daughter. Yeah. And uh, we all, that whole cast got that official stamp. So I am the official Fred Mertz. Yeah, the official uh, um, the in Lucy front of Festival, that makes end it, of the the show. I love Lucy live on stage.
2: That is the the official in front of that title is incredible. It makes it it makes <laughs> it so worth it. The official, yeah. it's, it's great, it's great. Yeah. Well, well, Bill, thank you so much for chatting with us. This was so fun and awesome. It was cool. We learned some stuff, yeah. talked some improv. Um, what do you get the plug? Let's hear about those classes again. Let's
1: hear about the website, everything. Let's. What do you get the plug? Sure, uh, we have a uh, website. Is the improv trick dot com uh we're also on facebook and twitter so you can connect with us in any of those ways okay and we have classes in for beginners for absolute beginners we have uh, one-on-one coaching if people want to take what they're doing already to the next level Mm -hmm. uh i coach teams we teach uh comedy writing myself and eric hoffman who wrote the book uh one of the co-authors of the book comedy by the numbers at mcsweeney's and he was also one of the uh uh one of the writers on mr show oh wow. David. yeah so, so uh awesome. it's a pleasure to write with him and teach comedy writing with him so if people want to learn how to write sketch comedy they can take that class we have a four-week intro class and we have a four-week ongoing class for for people who have you know advanced skills or intermediate skills and uh, basically we we we're now that we're online, we're offering whatever classes there's a market for. So if you send us an email, at info at the improv trick, or just go to the improv trick dot com, just tell us what sort of class you're interested. We'll put you on a list, and we'll invite you and let you be a part of that class with me. That is,
2: that is the ultimate yes and. You tell yeah, us what amazing. you want, yeah. and we'll do it.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Guys, you don't have a reason not that to do it a, anymore. That
1: is very yeah. cool. That, that is awesome. Uh, and classes so are cheaper online, too, because... You know, um, it's just, you know. Yeah. No yeah. no reason not to hold as many classes as you want. There's no overhead. I don't have to rent a space.
2: Yeah, so, that's true, too. Yeah, wow. Yeah, less red tape. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's that's, that, that's cool. Thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun. Uh, it was very cool, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of
1: your day to do it. I had a blast. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, thanks awesome. so much for being here.
0: Really appreciate the stories. You bet. Thank you.
2: Ross, that was a fun time, wasn't it? Dude,
0: that was awesome.
2: All the, I can't believe he had the
0: read I- to do that, by
2: the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. All that improv talk, too.
0: I know. Uh, we probably lost half of our listeners, but I'm okay <laughs> yeah.
2: with that. I, no one has made it this far. <laughs> uh, I will, I will, we'll put a disclaimer in the, in the notes. Yeah, saying, yeah improv a heavy. heavy. Improv heavy towards the end or whatever, but yeah, I still think it was pretty cool and fun.
0: Yeah, it's always uh, fun to talk to someone that's been there and... And has the experience. I think it's cool that even he was starstruck in moments.
2: You know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah, of course. With, like, like director
0: uh, and just seeing Danny DeVito. Danny, it's like, yeah, the legend the
2: Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Totally. Yeah, it was cool. So uh, I hope everyone I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, if you made it this far to the end, then we're going to say to you specifically, only the people that have made it this far are now listening right and now. And I
0: want all of you. To write in and say you've made it this far,
2: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get flooded with tens of emails.
0: <laughs> tens, you're you're dreaming,
2: bro. That's all. That's <laughs> little, that is too many. Yeah, that is too many. But uh, until we return with our next season, we just want to say to everyone a good, good day to, to use.
0: The Always Sunny cast is in no way endorsed or affiliated with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the FXX Network, or Philadelphia. The views and thoughts expressed in this podcast are of Eric Regan and Ross Northrup. If you enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy making it, please subscribe, rate, review, and pass it on. If you'd like to reach out, you can email us at alwayssunnycastpod at gmail.com, or stay in touch with us by following our Instagram account at the always honeycast pod. We'll see you next time.